Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you back to this series we've entitled Unshakable where we're talking about the unshakable kingdom of God. I wanna look there in the camera and welcome all those at our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus, maybe someone watching this message later in a video venue here at the Keller campus as well. Would you put your hands together? Welcome everybody that's joining in with us. We're excited about all the baptisms this weekend that's happening at all our campuses. It's an amazing weekend, and God's presence is with us. If you're new with us, I want to catch you up to speed, maybe give everybody just a little reminder of why we're doing this series. Several months ago, God put it on my heart that this idea, this this concept, this truth about the kingdom of God, it it, it sounds like church words. It, it sounds, you know, kind of separate and distant from us when we think about the word kingdom of God. But I, I, I began to just realize that so many people, maybe you've heard it before, maybe you've been around church, or maybe you've never heard it, or just the concept is something that you don't know about, and, and I just began to get burdened for you and praying for you that we might understand that this understanding of the kingdom of God is so important. It's, it's scholars uh, agree, it's the theme of the New Testament, it's a theme of the Bible, it's what Jesus said. He came, as he started his ministry, he came and said, it's at hand. When, we, when he taught us to pray, he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible shows us that it's a part of our everyday lives, that the kingdom of God in the Holy Spirit is righteousness, peace, and joy. So it affects your internal and your real life and who you are. And, and so we've just been unpacking these truths. And, and, and really, it's this realm of authority. It's, it's, if you will, as one person said, it's the available kingdom. It's, 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 and we've seen in this series how we have such a propensity to get myopic and to, to, to look below the kingdom, to, to get and find our identity in our own tribes and build our own kingdoms and, 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 and just come up short a lot of times. It's just, it doesn't make you weird. It just makes you human that you, you tend to, to look so much lower. But in this series, it's if God is, is calling us up a little higher I want, I want you to see my kingdom. I want to see what I have available for you. I want, to, want you to see the authority that's available to you in the kingdom of God. And so we, we, we learned too, though, that in this kingdom, you know, you don't fill out a membership application. You, you, don't, you don't have some person who maybe gets you in the door and gets you a VIP seat. You can't join the kingdom by proxy of somebody else that's in the kingdom you have to be transferred into it. You have to be translated into it. You have to be born again. You have to become a new creature, a new creation. Uh, the old you passes away. We've learned that we're translated through the forgiveness we experience from the kingdom of darkness. We are transformed into the kingdom of the son that he loves. That's why 
We, we, just, we get so excited here about baptism weekend. I don't know, man. Even, even in this service, man, I just, I, I, just, I just got overwhelmed, man. I just, I'm just sitting there saying, thank you, Jesus. I mean, it just, it, it, it's like it, 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 it is not common to see these men going, coming forward, these, these lives and Brock and these young people being transformed by the power of God. It's not common to me. It's precious. It's powerful. I don't know about you, but I want to go to a church. I don't care who the pastor is, where somebody has to Google the salvation prayer. Come on now. This is not people rededicating their rededicators. This is not church folk. This is folk that don't even understand. And God got a hold of that couple, and they're now changed for the glory of God. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. That's ama- it's just amazing. I, I love that. He said, I think you know, people are there in those little therapy sessions. I thought, I've thought that before too. Amazing. So we're not, you know, gain membership or access into this kingdom by some special privilege. We're, we're transformed into the kingdom. And this week, I want to talk to you, probably one of the most practical messages in the series. I need you to stay with me because we're, we're going to go through some things and we're going to get practical. And I want to talk to you about something that, that, I, that I've seen and something that I think eludes a lot of people and in a practical message on How does the kingdom become part of your everyday life? Like, how does it get real in in the real you, the the you outside of church you? I I was speaking with a guy that that a few years ago who who just got transformed and and just just God changed him and changed his family and and he started taking steps and I started talking to him and, and he said, it was about six months after he had given his life to Christ and I said, what's happening in you? And he said, he said, man, the craziest thing, there was the initial moment where the lights were brighter and I felt lighter, but he's like, now after I've been taking steps and I've been growing and, and I'm hungry for the Bible and, and I'm, I'm growing and I'm taking steps, he said, it's the most amazing thing. It's like my, my, all of my world, it's like, it's like, like I, I go to church, but it's not just church. And I, I go to meet with my men's small group, but it's not just religious stuff. It's like my work life and, and, and it's changed my parenting and, and now my relationship with my wife. It's like, he, he's like, pastor, I, I never thought this is the, it's like, it's all like coming together. And, and I thought, yeah, yeah. And I hear people say that all the time. It's like, I, I'm starting to connect the dots. It's like, this stuff is real. This stuff meets you in your real everyday life. I'm going to ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me this week to Luke 12, Luke 12, 22, where Jesus gets into real life. Jesus gets into everyday life. I've been to where Jesus gave this sermon. It's not in an ornate temple. It's not at a, a, a nice synagogue. Jesus is where he did ministry. He's out in a, in a kind of countryside area and, and the crowds start gathering and, and there's people from all walks of life. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's his most famous sermon. It's exhaustive. And, and he starts talking about life because that's what I love about Jesus. Everybody thinks he's this weird religious figure, but if you really study his sermons, he knew where people lived. 
He, he knew their lives. And so he starts talking about life and, and people's worries and, and, and he starts talking to them about their concerns and their provision and, and what they do every day. And, and, and so I just started thinking about you and even like, like how God and, and his kingdom wants to come into even your work life. Like, like statistics say 85% of people go to work every day and are dissatisfied and an even higher percentage of people over the last few years. And, and it's like, I spend so much time doing this, but I don't know how to find meaning and, and how do I connect these dots? And so we're, we're going to talk about your, your job life, your work life. We're going to talk about your real life, your, your everyday life. Speaking of jobs, I remember one of the first jobs that I ever got, my dad I was 9, 10, 11, I don't know. My, my dad left for work one day. Me and my buddies were playing football in the front yard. And he, he backed up his 70 model Ford pickup, three on the tree, rolled down the window. Anybody remember when we used to roll down the window? Probably had to find the handle, stick it on there. You know what I'm saying? Rolled down the window and said, boy, I ran over to the truck. He said, when I get home, these leaves better be raked. Yes, sir. Rolled back up the window, three on the tree, backed out. So I went and got a rake out of his shed. Now, my dad, you need to know, was an engineer. He was into the details. He says if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And, uh, and, and, and so he had underneath the leaves, and there were a lot of leaves there that he needed me to rake because I grew up in East Texas where we had trees, not here where we have bushes on steroids, you know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of leaves. There was a lot of weight on top of what he loved a lot, and that was his St. Augustine grass. How many of y'all love when, when the grass is real thick and lush, take your shoes off, walk in some St. Augustine grass, not that Bermuda grass like we spray now, you know, it's kind of like wispy like my hair was before I shaved it off, you know. I mean, I'm talking about like some of y'all that got a thick head of hair and you walk in that grass, you know, it was real nice. And, and so I started raking those leaves and, and I, got a, I got a blister pretty quick. It doesn't take long, Right. And I thought, I was just raking, and, and I, I was kind of a creative kid, intuitive, and I kind of thought, you know, why rake them if you can burn them? <laughs> so I went in the house and got a big box of matches and went out and just started burning, you know, just, just burning the whole thing and burned the whole yard, almost burned the house down, got the water hose out, burned the whole thing. When my dad came back from work, his yard looked like the end of time. It looked like an asteroid had hit the place. Everything was singed and fried and smoldering hot. And uh, let's just say that, that, that the only thing smoking was not, the, the yard wasn't the only thing smoking after he got through with me. It was not the only thing on fire. But, but <laughs> and it's like I, I had a job, but, but I didn't see the job from a holistic standpoint. And whether it's your job or your parenting or your life or whatever it is, you need to know this. We have a tendency to not see it from a high enough perspective. I wanna talk to you about how to get a kingdom perspective on your everyday life. Now, I need to tell you about this, 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 this message that Jesus is about to give because he starts going into life and he starts talking about what we're worried about. He starts talking about our provision. Now, now what he talks about that we're worried about, we're not worried about because he starts talking about clothes. 
Now, we're not worried about clothes. Some of you have more shoes than you can fit in your closet. Uh, my daughter, they, my daughters, they get on these things and people send them clothes. And I'll be like, that's a nice outfit. Where'd you get it? She's like, I'm borrowing it. I'm like, when did that start happening? How does that happen? Did y'all, y'all don't know about this? You can just borrow clothes, send them back. You can just wear different stuff all the time. So we got, we got borrowed clothes. We got extra clothes. Food, we don't really worry about food. We could DoorDash a pizza to church right now, any location. We can just DoorDash right here. Why don't y'all do that? I'm getting kind of hungry. Somebody DoorDash a pizza after the service, we'll share it. Don't really do it. I'm joking. But anyway, somebody might actually do that, bring a pizza. No, actually do it. No. Anyway, um, that, that'd be great. So we don't worry about food because we, we've got access to a lot. What, what I want you to see this through the lens of is that all of us have a fear and it, and it holds us back a lot from the kingdom, and that is provision. Will I have enough? Will I have enough emotion for that crisis? Will I have enough? Am I enough for that new assignment? Will I have enough resources for this thing God has called me to? And the fear of provision has put more people in a place of their gifts being dormant and them being who God's called them to be. And so we have, young people have questions. Will my career happen? Will I experience the things I'm hoping for in life? People who are a little further in life, what if I lose everything that I've worked so hard for? You may have some things, but you have a fear of losing it. What will I leave behind? Who will I leave it to? It's amazing, you'll never get a number. You'll never have the person that you meet with about your retirement that the number's enough to where you don't have a fear of if you'll have enough. There's never any ability on our part to do enough on our part to make up our own kingdom world that is one of our greatest needs is self-security. So we wanna be secure and we think we can actually self-create a world to which we will always feel secure. And everyone is asking this question, will I have what I need? Jesus knows that, so he says in this message now, as he talks about food, they probably ate one meal a day, took them all day to prepare it. So he goes right where they live. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storerooms or barn. Yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Man, you go through a crisis and a challenge, you look back, you're like, you know what the game changer was? All that worrying I did. I should have worried more, said no one. <laughs> Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. Look at this. For the pagans... 
The pagan and the pagan world runs after all such things. So those who don't know about the kingdom, those who are, are living a world outside of the king and his authority, they actually believe they can be the one to generate, to originate, to, to cause these things to happen. They run after those things. Don't do that. Your father knows you need them. I love the relational language in this as well. It's not transactional. He's saying to us from a relational standpoint, I see where you're at. Now, one of the good things about being a follower of Christ is that the Bible not only tells you do not do this, don't do this, but I love the Bible always tells us here's what you should do. Here's how you should. See, you, you gotta get forward motion, not just say I'm not going to do that. If you have worry in your life, if you have dissatisfaction in your life, maybe you're running after the world the way the pagan runs after the world. There's a transactional word there, but. But don't do that, do this. Seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the word and the verse that I gave to our church for this year. We said, what if we have a year where we don't focus so much on the things we're not gonna care about one day or live in fear and live in worry and live like the world, what if we sought God more this year? What if we asked him what's on his heart? What if we said, God, what's your agenda right now? Can you share with me anything that you have as a priority? Could I prioritize what you are prioritizing? Because this says as we seek him, as we seek his kingdom more, he's like, I'll add those things, just seek. Seek my kingdom and these things will be given. And I love this next one. Do not be afraid, little flock. It appeals to my pastoral nature. And I love that, that the good shepherd is like, I know you're anxious and worried and scared. Little flock, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He doesn't wanna just solve an immediate issue. He wants to give you access to the highest way of viewing it all, he wants to give you the kingdom. I wanna spend our last few moments talking about two things. First, I wanna talk about a perspective and a cultural worldview that I believe holds us back from kingdom life. And the second thing I wanna do is I wanna walk you through a look at life from a kingdom perspective and show you how provision is a byproduct of actually seeking what's in God's heart. And if you seek the kingdom first, you'll have a better perspective on your provision and you'll, you'll have more meaning and more fulfillment in life. But what I'm gonna ask of you for the next few moments before I pray for you is I'm gonna ask you as you're listening to think about what's the area of your life right now that you haven't submitted to the king in the kingdom. Because when you go back to that area, you may find the block of the provision that God has for you, and you might see where it's being held up. I love this illustration, it's one of my favorites. There was a guy named Charles Steinmetz, he was an electrical engineer, he was actually a genius with electricity and electrical engineering, and, and he wrote books and taught, and after his career he retired, and from time to time he would go to a company and he would help them solve some kind of problem 
that they had. And, and so he went to this company and the, the story goes like this. He showed up and they thought he might sit with them and analyze and, and, and give some kind of analytical study or something. He just simply began to walk out into the factory, walk around the different machines, began to survey things. And he walked up to a machine, pulled a piece of chalk out of his pocket and made an X and walked out. After that happened, the billing department received from Charles a bill for $10,000. It had no itemization, no travel, no lunch, no equipment needed, $10,000. By the way, this is in the 1900s, so this is a lot of money. And it's like, man, $10,000, the billing person sit back. You gotta tell us somehow how you justify charging us $10,000. So Charles sent back an itemized bill. On one line, it said $1 for taking a piece of chalk and putting an X on the equipment. $9,999 for knowing where to put the X. So I find in our lives that when the kingdom seems to be eluding us, one of the best things we can do is go back and look where we need to put the X. The first thing that I wanna talk to you about, which I believe philosophically and and ideologically and, and our perspective that holds us back from kingdom life is you can live a kingdom life instead of a segmented life. We, we live in a compartmentalized world. It comes to us naturally. Remember, the kingdom is counterintuitive. It's opposite than your flesh. It's opposite than your culture. It's opposite than what you feel. And so we live, by the way, it's a very Western philosophy, a very non and unbiblical concept that I have my work life, I have my family life, I have my leisure life, I have this part of me and that part of me, and, and then God lives in the box down there where they sing songs and the bald guy talks, that's where I go talk to God. But he's only there, and he's really there on Christmas and Easter, and he's only there for just a little bit of a segment of my life, but I, I live the rest of my life with, with, with kind of my priorities and my agenda, and, and, and I've got to figure out where I'm going to school, and, and I end up consulting young people today. We started our college, Milestone College, in 2020, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing anxiety, and I, wanna, I want this, and I want to do significant things, but they've grown up in a segmented world. In a, in a segmented culture. And so, so, so when Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom, he's saying, I, I don't want your segmentation. Students today, it's like, I got my segmented life. I got my sleep life. I got how I interact on my phone, which is different than how I interact at my small group. I interact different. I have young people in our college, man, I'm tired. I, I don't have any time. I'm like, look, you got more time than you're ever gonna have in your whole life. By the way, if you got off your phone, you'd have more time. So there's all those things. School, there's this, my segment, then moms, and you kind of move to a different season and you got work and sleep and family and, and driving kids around and dads have work and dads have things and responsibilities. Moms have work today and, and maybe you have so much work because you're afraid. Maybe you worship your work because you think it's your source. 
65%. I have a book called Way to Win. I speak to dads and men. 65% of all men, when they get to the end of it all, say, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have focused more on them. Oh, it went by so fast. Empty nesters, you get into a new season and you got your sleep and it takes a little more to make it, you know, because stuff ain't working the way it used to work. And you got, (laughs) come on now. And so you got a little more sleep and maybe a little more church and you got a few hobbies and then you got the grandkids, praise God. Y'all know what I'm saying? Those grandkids, they got power, they got draw. By the way, I'm gonna be a grandpa, so I'm excited about that. I don't know, man. I feel, I feel a strong grandpa anointing coming up on me. I feel a strong, strong, strong grandpa anointing trying to rest up on me. But anyway, and some of you are like, I'm an empty nester. Mine looks like nothing like that. Well, maybe you're doing it wrong. Anyway, I don't know. But we got all these compartments and we got these places and, and, and you're like, well, how do I put all this together? I love Romans 12 from the message. Here's what the message says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and just place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily, I love this line, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Have you invited him into that part of your life? Do you only make your decision on where you work based on what the paycheck is? Or do you ask God, God, what is your agenda for me in this area of my life? Where do you want me? Where do you want to place me? What setting do you want? See, God's kingdom, there's an available kingdom. It's always advancing. He's always moving. As one wise person said, the best thing in life, if you want to be a part of the kingdom, is just see where he's working and join him. He'll speak to you. Look, we're led by the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Are you available? Are you available just to say, God, wake up every day. It's your kingdom. You're the king of the kingdom. I'm not gonna get focused on my own tribe, my own identity, my own persuasion, my own way of seeing myself. I'm submitted to you. You're the king. Be ready to respond. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. I want us to talk about this practically because we all would say, man, if I could get to some more provision, if I had, and a provision's not just money. I'm talking about if I could have more time, I could have more health, I could have more resource. If I, it's a word we love in our culture. How could I get to some more of those things? More peace, more meaning, more significance, more fulfillment. Like, Lord, how do I get to more of you to sustain and equip me for what you've called me to? So, so, so all of us are, are asking for that, but what we don't understand is it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of a kingdom life. 
So you're like, help me make this real. So I, I just began to sit down with a piece of paper this week and just, and it may seem a little bit overwhelming to some of you. I hope it doesn't. I hope you'll connect. I hope you can place the X. But I just started just thinking, okay, like, how does this really work? Because this is connected to that and that's connected to this. And maybe this will help you. First of all, you start with me. Jesus knows you start with me. Jesus knows you start with what I don't have or what I could have or he knows you start there. That's why he gave his message and said, I know you're worried about food and clothes. I know you come to church. Hey, pastor, could you give me something that could help me? I know that's where you live. Jesus knows that's where you live. But, but here's the transition that has to happen. You gotta go from me and my kingdom to him and his kingdom. He's the king. I'm not the king. He, he's the one that sits on the throne. I, I began to identify myself as a servant of the king. I now identify myself as a son of the king, of a, a daughter of the king. Like, like, boy, it's incredibly freeing, by the way. Because, man, it's like you want to be in charge until you're in charge. My kids want to know who's in charge. I'm like, not you, because you want to be in charge. But you know, it's cool to think, man, I want to I wanna be, a, you know, and where, where we live is, is, is live your own truth and, and, and grab, grab life by, 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 the, by the tail, like, like get, get the steering wheel, like, like, like grip it, man, like, like get a hold of it. Boy, that's an incredible, no wonder we have so much anxiety. What about what's on your heart? What's your agenda? Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to be the king. I'm so glad I just get to serve the king's agenda. I'm so glad I get to just, just follow, you know? It's, isn't it amazing when you have somebody that's good at organizing something and, and you can just enjoy the meal? Or if you go on a trip with some of you out there that are hyper-controlling, organized people who want to know every detail and where we're at, I like those people because if they're in charge, I can just enjoy the ride. Praise God, the OCD person's already got it figured out. Let's have a party. It's amazing when you say, I'm submitted to the king. What's on your heart? And you know what that does? It provides a lot of clarity. We struggle with a lot of decisions in our life because we're not seeking first the kingdom. Will this transition, will it advance your kingdom, king, or my kingdom? I just want to know, Whatever decision you want. And you can, you can push a bunch of decisions to the side because you're like, I know the king's not into that. And it gives you a lot of clarity. And, and then what happens is you start learning because I'm a part of the king's kingdom and I'm a child in the kingdom. Well, he gave me some gifts and, and I have some things he put in me before I was even in my mother's womb. And, 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 and I have something on the inside of me. And, and man, this is amazing, man. It's, it's amazing to, to bring your life before the king, but it's also really powerful when you bring your gifts before the king. Well, I tell you, over the last few years, so many kingdom gifts dormant. We went from, Jesus, here's my gift, to just all withdrawing and watching other people use their gift. Well, isn't it cool when they're using their gift? Here's my question, are you using yours? 
I don't say that just because the church, you like, do we need volunteers? Church need, always needs more volunteers. The kingdom of God always needs more people for its, its, its assignment. It's all of that. But Jesus always takes care of his kingdom. Make no mistake, his kingdom will march on. But boy, if I had one thing that, that I struggle with, how to, how to get people to connect with, it, it's like if you could see how much fulfillment, how much development, and how much growth happens when you submit, when you lay your crowns before the king, when you lay your gift before the king, and what he does is you now are placed in his church. These people who get baptized were placed in his church. By the way, the church is his vehicle of the kingdom. You're like, well, you, you know, you're a pastor. I'm sure you would say that. I didn't say that because I'm a pastor. I said it because that's what the Bible says. Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You don't know who you are till you know who Jesus is. And Jesus said to Peter, and upon this rock, Peter, let me tell you who you are. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell. What's Jesus building? He's building his church. He's building his kingdom through his church. And then Peter, here's your gift. And then he says to Peter, I'm going to give you some keys. Would you like some more keys to unlock some more doors? Well, if you say, I don't have any keys. No doors are coming open to me. No new things are. Well, well you got to go back. Are you submitted to the king? Have you submitted your gift? Are you plugged into his church? By the way, this is bigger than Milestone Church, what I'm saying. We as a church serve the church. We help pastors all over the country. I don't care where it is. You need to find that place where you're getting that. And you say, is church just the service? No. Church is something you are a part of, but it is something you go to as well. Because you cannot forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But at its very essence, Jesus says, it's my wife. It's my body. It's how I'm moving around the earth. It's my wife and I love her. Don't talk about her. Don't talk about my wife. I could read to you from the book of Ephesians. The manifold wisdom of God is expressed through his church. Oh, we've been talking about the kingdom and you're growing in it and you're like, oh man, I'm excited about that. This could happen in forgiveness and love, but make no mistake, if you're not plugged into his church, you're not a part of the vehicle that he's using to advance that very kingdom. And if I could show you the marriage between your gift and those sets of relationships that you start using your gift and, and you start some people around you go, man, you're good at that. And you're growing in that. I just believe that the church is the most resource-rich environment on the planet. And as we love one another and get over offenses and use our gifts and serve people and get healthier, because we've got to interact with people that we can't send an email to that says compliance is not optional. So you have to get, your EQ has to grow. You gotta learn what real service really is. You, you gotta do it for Jesus because no one maybe recognizes or sees what you're doing. And it changes your heart and it changes you. I've seen people in the years of pastoring just submit their gift. I'm gonna tell you, just submit it, just grow. Just, and, and it isn't about just having another parking lot attendant or a children's church worker. It's about that person and what God begins to do in them. I've seen businesses in our church emerge out of ideas, out of serving in children's church that are amazing today. Brian Culver from last weekend, who shared his testimony from BOTS, he, in this church, used to spend a season of his life serving high school students at campuses around our area. 
and began to just, he's still serving them at those retreats. But it was in that setting, God was developing and building him and doing things in him. And then he stepped into a job at Lockheed Martin and now oversees a hundred and something employees. And he directly attributes what he learned in that season of serving kids to what God began to use in him now in the marketplace. You know what the marketplace needs more of? People who are there to serve, people who are there to love their people, people who are there that say, when I show up, I'm not here for a paycheck. I'm bringing the kingdom when I come. I'm bringing the kingdom when I show up. And so his church leads to development and then you start finding life and you start finding purpose and you start finding meaning to your work. I talked to a lady this weekend, she's a teacher she came up to me, tears in her eyes. She said, Pastor, I needed this message because I've gotten off into the side things and I forgot. I forgot, wait a minute. I, I, I got saved and I got changed and I've been, I, I'm a kingdom. And I went into teaching to bring the kingdom to kids. And now I've got sight, just like a lot of teachers frustrated. She said, I, I got, she was just crying, just sharing it with me. She said, I, I got to get back to that kingdom agenda. I got to get back to why, 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 why? Bring the kingdom to young people who I may be the very person that they, they may never see another kingdom person in the world they live in, but I start bringing meaning to my work. Could it be that 85% of us are frustrated with our work because we don't know why? We don't know why our work brings meaning. Then that brings some resources and those resources come into our life. I counsel these young people. They're like, how do I get a lot of resources? How do I get a great job? I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How do I know the exact school to go to that I would get a great job? I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Before you decide the perfect school, you need to go all the way back to, are you submitted to the king? Because when I'm submitted to the king, I begin to realize, well, he starts directing my steps. Well, let me tell you something. It's a, it, the worst choice is to make your choice. The best choice is to submit to his choice. And so what happens is you submit to the king. He orders your steps. You submit, you grow in the church, you start growing. Then these resources start coming into your life. Resources are a byproduct. I want you to understand something, your job. God uses people as a conduit of resource, but he's the source. Your job is not your source. Your company is not your source. God is your source. People are the resource. And that provides in our lives a whole nother level of stewardship. And, and it gives us a sense of awe to say, Lord, we're just stewarding these things before you because they're ultimately a byproduct of what you're doing that's flowing from your kingdom. No one can serve two masters, the Bible says. Either you'll hate the one and love the other. I'm not talking about your boss as the master. That's not what it's saying. The Bible says, actually, we serve like we're serving Christ when we serve and we do it as unto the Lord. It's talking about the master of money. You will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Can I just say it simply? One of the hangups in the kingdom is when we look to money, position, and title over the master. Let the master lead you. And then what happens is in your family and leisure time, it's like we even submit that to the Lord and, and you can even be kingdom advancing in that. I had a guy, I had it happen to me the other day. I, I'll be honest, I wasn't singing a praise song. 
I, I wasn't like in really probably that strong of a kingdom mindset. Um, I had been preaching somewhere. I was a bit tired. I was trying to get back home and I was in TSA. Talk about a place to lose the kingdom. TSA checking in. Talk about a place you could lose your kingdom joy. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody up there is holding up. Really? You brought a gun? Really? Anyway, so like we had a Christmas trip. My daughter, unnamed so that she will not get mad at me, she had a steak knife in her coat. So we held up the whole line. We were the people. We were the crying baby on the plane. We were the people holding you up if you were there in TSA. I'm like, are you being serious? You just carry a steak knife wherever you go? Just like if there's like an available filet mignon or something at any time? Is that really how you roll? Sorry, daddy. So I was there, shoes off, whole bit, trying to get through TSA. And you know what? There was a guy there who said, Pastor, I heard your message online. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, just encourage him. So I went through the line, got this, came back, got his name, sent him a nice note, mailed him a book and this. Did you know last weekend, his son was here in church and there was a connection to what happened. I, I'm, I'm not some super spiritual person, I'm just like you. But you know what I've learned through the years of life? We can be kingdom all the time and there's available opportunities. How you treat the waitress, how you treat the TSA agent. You guys do this so good. It's why people are so attracted and they hear about you. It's like when we love them, when we serve them, when we show up in their life, we, we, we begin to see this whole thing provides mission in our lives. And then we have a cause to live for that's amazing. And then we're making an eternal investment in an eternal kingdom. And then you have ultimate meaning in your your life. Can I, can I give you real, the real key to the end of all this? The Cle book of Ecclesiastes says eternity has been set in your hearts. And the reason a lot of us lack fulfillment and significance, we spend the most amount of our emotional energy on stuff that's not going to matter one day. And we all want to be a part of something greater. You know what the challenge in our culture today? I want significance. I want meaning, but I want to live for what I want. The two, dis, they, they combat each other. So we get over in it a little bit and then we pull back and, and I wanna tell you, eternity. One day there'll be a tombstone with, your, with two dates and a dash and all that's gonna really matter is the kingdom eternity investment. And I want you to know, this can happen. This can happen in your everyday. This can happen even in your parenting. The Bible says the greatest, when you walk along the road, let me talk to you about the kingdom. When I'm on vacation, when I'm here, when I'm there, the kingdom comes. I'm gonna ask you to stand on your feet and I wanna pray for you because I ask you to do something. Where's the X for you? Where's the hang up? Where's the spot there where it's like, man, I gotta resurrender that to the king. I gotta resurrender, man, because there's a block there. How many of y'all remember, some of y'all remember this, but like you used to have wooden high chairs and then they would do like a kid's bowl and it had dividers in it. So you could put the applesauce and the food and stuff, you put it down there. Of course, the kid would get it all over the place, but you'd put it in a divider. How many of y'all, by the way, maybe in a video or watching online, how many of y'all hate your food to touch? Raise your hand, anybody hate your food to touch? All right, how many of you don't care? I don't, I just like, it's all going the same place. Just kind of mix it all up and just let it. And, and, and so we kind of have those nowadays, but by the way, young families, they, they don't have any of that. They have pouches. 
So they go through the drive-thru, they get them, him, you and the wife get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, this different thing, and then you stop at Walgreens and you get, you get a Chick-fil-A pouch for your kids. So, you know, every kid out there now is just drinking their, just, here, chicken sandwich, drink it. Here's a steak. Are y'all with me? So, so, so we have a human tendency to segment. We want to segment. Where's your ex? Have you submitted to the king? Have you submitted your work life to the king? Are you one way in the boardroom and another way in the small group? Are you, have you really submitted it to the Lord? Have you stopped, here's what I want as the perfect thing, and ask the Lord, what do you want? What do you want from me? I'm submitted. Where, where is it? I, I would say to some of you too, like there's an army of Christian people need to get back in the game. I mean, we're doing great as a church. Doing it's not. It's not that. It, by the way, we are at the Keller campus going to open 900 more seats, and there's going to be thousands of people to minister to. And you need to go through the grow track. You're like already been through it. Then go back through it. Some way find your niche. Get connected. Use your gift. Park somebody's car. Shake somebody's hand. Lead a small group. Disciple somebody. Use your gift. Why am I telling you that? It'll bring meaning to you. It'll bring kingdom meaning and eternal investment to you. So I want you to bow your heads. Some people right now listen to me and say, Lord, I surrender my life. I, I give you my life. I, give, I, I want you to be my king. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the dead like Brock. You can have my life. Become my Lord and Savior, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Fill out a card. Come forward at any campus. Come to the Grow Track 101. Let us know so we can help you in this journey. But Lord, I pray for every other person listening to me. Where is it, Lord, that we have this place outside of your kingdom? Lord, we just want to resubmit it all to you. Our work life, our hobby life, our leisure life, our activity, our vacation, our kids' activities. Lord, we just put it all before you. And Lord, we just say we want to seek your kingdom. Lord, let your kingdom come in our lives. I, I pray, Lord, right now where there's provision challenges, Lord, I pray we would seek. Lord, we would not up our thirst for provision, but we would up our hunger for your kingdom in our lives. Lord, have, a, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.